Welcome. It is your money. I'm Susie Jones. Happy to have you with us on this Sunday morning. If you're tuning in and you have a financial question for Bruce or Peg, you can call this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week, one eight 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 six advice And you can always email your questions to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. You can also, though, starting out right now, out of the gates, call our studio line, 651-461-9226. And you can also use that same number, 651-461-9226, to text a question to Bruce and Peg. Now, here is Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor, Peg Webb. Hello there. <laughs> and, and hello, Susie. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Peg Webb. Hello, Susie Jones. Uh, good to be with you, ladies. Hey, Susie, listen up. You're going to like the show today. I, Bruce, um, I got to tell I got to jump in. I, I said, yeah. I'm going to be taking notes. This is this is Peg. This is completely in my wheelhouse. I so I was with friends the other day, and they said, "When are you going to retire?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm right on the cusp. I am thinking every day about it. So I'll be paying close attention today." Well, when you do retire, of course, your voice will be missed. But um, so yeah, we call the show today. Get ready to retire, and Peg and I are going to talk about five things to do leading up to retirement as you're getting to the to the point where you want to do it. But I want to tell listeners quickly, Peg, before we jump into the five things that we have on our list, if you're 40 years old thinking, well, this show doesn't apply to me, hang in there. Don't turn off the radio. Or if you're 70 and you've already retired, don't say this doesn't apply to me. The reality is the things that we're going to talk about today While we are certainly focusing on pre-retirement, these things are universally applicable to everybody, I think, as part of the comprehensive planning process, and and it's good information for any age. Yeah, Bruce, I would agree a thousand percent. Um, You know, we've done this job for decades, and I feel like getting ready for retirement in retirement is somewhat we often said at our workshops you have the go-go years you got the slow-go years and you got the no-go years and so today we're probably going to focus a little bit more on the go-go years although we're trying to educate the people that are in their go-go years or soon to retire um, that they have to think about those other year timeframes and how to prepare for that. So one of the things that you and I know um, in our comprehensive planning is that change is constant for us and headlines are constantly changing. And when people get ready to retire, I have to tell you that, you know, in working with people for so long now, um, they're either totally convinced I'm doing this on this day. I've been planning this forever. Or, you know, I really kind of like my job. I like the people that I work with. Now that I can work from home, you know, I don't know that I'll retire um, quite as early as I thought before. Uh, Some things are um, given to us, which means, you know, what are the time frames that we can start Social Security? 
you know, that's changed over the last decades and they kept pushing it out and pushing it out to be able to maximize your social security. So that's a consideration that people um, take. And then Bruce, lastly, we're all living longer. So statistically, our jobs have got, got they're harder because I, I actually, when I first started out in the business, we would run financial plan cash flows to 72 years old. A hundred like it is today. So people have to take that into consideration. Bruce? Yeah, Peg, you know, um, I, I've got seminars coming up again this spring. And when, almost whenever I do public speaking, whatever this topic of the seminar is, this idea of planning for retirement and having to plan for a longer period of time because people are living longer almost always comes up. And I always facetiously say, I've got good news and I've got bad news. The good news is you're probably going to live longer than any generation before you, but the bad news is you're probably going to live longer than any generation before you, meaning it's wonderful that you have more time on this earth, more time with kids and grandkids and other loved ones and pursuing your passions and checking things off your bucket list and traveling, but it also means your money has to last longer. A couple of generations ago, it was not uncommon for somebody to retire at 65 and pass away in their early 70s or mid-70s and their money had to last eight or 10 years. Today, it's not uncommon for somebody to retire in their early 60s and live until their 90s, and their money's got to last for 30 years. So again, this is not a bad thing, but certainly something we need to be aware of and plan for. Peg? Yeah. So let's start into the uh, five considerations, um, getting ready to retire. Or once again, Bruce said, if you're already retired, a lot of this is going to um, matter to you as well. Uh, retirement goals. So how long is it realistically, you know, does it make sense to work? Uh, gosh, people are so different, meaning uh, some people that I meet, um, they actually, their job is their defined definition, right? It's just everything to them. There's other people who just went to work to get that paycheck and now that they feel like they hit their goals, they're just ready to be done and walk out. So there's a huge wide spectrum of the people that we do see. But a lot of times people have already kind of a target number. Like they either have a number of savings or they have, um, you know, they're calculating the days that they have left on this earth to be retired. And a lot of that is based on, um, you know, people that they witnessed that they worked with. Maybe somebody passed away early or that can be very impactful. So back to goals. Um, it's very important that you know, you know, what you're spending, um, how much savings you have. Uh, and when, when I already mentioned in the early years, my clients go, go, go in those early years. I mean, they've got four trips planned you know, um, recently we had a client that just said, you know what, we're going to actually go to Italy for 90 days and then we're coming back to the U.S. and then we're going back for 90 more days uh, for visa rulings. So it's fun to live through people's lives and go, that's great. You know, that's so exciting. But the last thing I'll say when we're looking at goals 
is inflation. It's in the news now. It hasn't been vogue for 20 years. But yet the job we do, Bruce, I would say inflation has been around for the last two decades, too. It's just that it kind of hit retirees a little harder, maybe than um, all the other ages. And I, I will mention medical costs. I mean, you and I have witnessed, you know, in our plans that we've had to put more money into the bucket um, for medical costs because they have uh, they have risen dramatically in our career. So, Bruce, a um, couple things. Hey, Susie, did you want to get a caller in? Did we have an early call? Yeah, we do have an early call. Uh, again, six five one four six one nine two two six. If you're listening right now. Our caller is Howard. He wants to jump in with Bruce and Peg. Go ahead. You're on the air, Howard. Yeah, I'm uh, going to be 72, and I know I'm going to have to start drawing from my 401. And we have a very taxed state, and I know some states don't tax it. What's the option that I can do to move that money where I I can avoid some of that tax other than moving to another state? That's my question. Hey, Howard, uh, thanks for uh, listening, and thanks for jumping in with an early question. And we always always encourage listeners to do that, Peg, uh, to call in, and uh, uh, they can ask uh, questions on any topic. Howard's question is actually right on point, though, today in terms of what we're talking about. So, Howard, you're, you're probably thinking about required minimum distribution, which starts at age 73, or maybe you just want income for, from your 401K to help fund your lifestyle, but you're worried about the taxes on those dollars. That's tax-deferred money. You got a, a deduction probably when you made the contribution to the plan. You got to defer the taxes for a lot of years probably until you start to take withdrawals. Now you're talking about taking withdrawals, and that's when you pay the taxes. And uh, it, as you mentioned, it, it can vary from state to state. It's inevitable uh, at the federal level but there might be uh, some things that are different from state to state. And you said, what can you do other than move to a state with no state income taxes? Peg, any thoughts or ideas for Howard? Well, I was just going to say one of the five considerations that we we're going to talk today to, about today was get your portfolio tax ready. And so I'm hoping that, Howard, that you have a mix of different buckets that would be taxed differently meaning that you would have some taxable accounts where you get a 1099 every year, maybe for the dividends or interest, tax advantaged where you might have some Roth IRAs or some life insurance that might be tax advantaged, or you might have some municipal bonds. But the biggest bucket of all is uh, tax deferred. And that's one you're talking about, a 401k, an IRA, where Basically, you put money in and you, you you literally made money on the money that you didn't have to pay Uncle Sam. So that bucket is normally bigger for people that we see. And well, what does that mean? Well, if you were diversified in how much money you have in taxable, tax deferred and tax advantage, you then can control a little bit more so how much you take out of each. Now, Bruce, you hit it on the head that if you're 72 or you might already be in required minimum distribution um, stage, then you don't have control. You know, you can't take less out. You have to pay the taxes. 
One of the things that you can do is give it to charity. I mean, the the option of pulling your money out of your IRA, and if you're charitably inclined anyway, uh, you should take advantage of what's called the QCD, Qualified Charitable Deduction, and you can pull out money, even if you're in required minimum distribution stage, you can take that money and have it directly sent from the custodian to your charities, and that would help lower your tax. Bruce? I have a question. Go ahead. And to Bruce and Peg, if you are still working and you want to use some of your money because you're 59 and a half, how is there a way to avoid? So, for example, if I take money out for a trip this year, I'm still working, but that amount for my trip puts me into another tax bracket. Is there any way to avoid that? So, Susie, the good, the, I'm back to something Peg said, and this is really the key to, to the whole thing in terms of retirement income tax planning. Howard, I hope you're still there also, because I think we're going to cover what you wanted to talk about and Susie's great follow-up question. So, unfortunately, Howard, if you live in a state that has state income taxes and you don't want to move, there's probably no way to avoid those state income taxes. Um, that said as where Peg was going with this and and Susie's follow-up question, if you are tax diversified, if you have some money that's already been taxed um, or you have some money that avoids tax completely, and a good example there would be Roth IRA, you can kind of manipulate where your income comes from. So when you're working, your paycheck is your paycheck, and there's not a lot you can do about it. You can put money in pre-tax plans, and that'll reduce your taxable income. But other than that, there's not a lot you can do. But your retirement income is made up of a lot of different things. It's not just one paycheck. It might be Social Security, might be a pension, and it might be income from a taxable account where if you take it out of there, it doesn't really increase your tax as much because you get a 1099 on your earnings on that account whether you spend the money or don't spend the money or it could be withdrawals from a Roth IRA, which does not trigger taxes. So, Susie, to your point, let's say we look at your situation, and um, as a single fi- filer, you're going to be in a 12% tax bracket. That means that you can make up to $44,725 in the 12% bracket. And we look at your income from all other sources, and you're at 40000 and we say, okay, well, let's get another 4000 out of IRA, but if you still need money for that big trip or that other expense and you don't want to jump into the tax bracket, then maybe we say, let's get the difference out of your Roth IRA or out of an account you have that you already pay taxes on, whether you spend the money or not. But the key to tax diversification, the reason Peg focused on that, is because that is going to be the key. We want you to have options on where you take your retirement income from to be as tax efficient as possible. Peg, do you want to add to that for Howard and Susie? No. Well, you actually did an excellent job there, Bruce. And and I just want to clarify, when you said you could take money out of taxable that you're already paying tax on, those are the dividends. Like if your stocks are paying dividends or your bonds are paying dividends and you happen to be reinvesting, 
you're paying tax on that anyway. So if you need money and income, you might as well take that money as a resource. So that's the only thing I wanted to add, Bruce. All right. Um, I hope, Susie, I hope that helped. Howard, I hope that helped. So I, I did not forget where we were, though, what we were oh, talking good, about good. Before, <laughs> before we took the call. Okay. So Pega just, got, Pega just got done talking about inflation. So the first thing we talk about um, in terms of the five things we're talking about today, review your, you know, where you're at compared to your goals. And we talked about inflation, or Peg did. And Peg, you're right. Inflation has always been there, but it used to be sort of sn- stealthy and sneaky. It was low enough that... People didn't think about it in any one year, but as time went on, it's all of a sudden, whether it's health care or whatever, you looked at your th- your financial situation and go, gosh, I'm spending a lot more for this whatever cost of living item is today than I was 10 years ago. So inflation has always been there, always will be, but it's particularly noticeable today. And Peg, we wanted to mention, before we go back to the five things to talk about, that a lot of these things that we're talking about, in fact, all of them, will always come up and we'll address when we do our reality check. We talk about reality check from time to time on the show, but again, uh, we're, we're doing it again. If people want to come and get a no-cost, no-obligation reality check, and I always apologize for giving too many different phone numbers, but there's a specific phone number for that if this is appealing to listeners, um, one 888 207-1352. If you call, you can set up a meeting. If you can hear our voices today, there's probably an office near you in the country, 1-888-207-1352, and come in and get a reality check, and that's going to talk about literally all five of these things. Peg? Yeah, and I wanted this to be a little bit more specific on the reality check. It's actually personalized to you, your situation, and your financial goals. And what we do is we kind of create this roadmap. We're talking about mixing and matching and what's taxable and what isn't taxable for income. So think about reality check. Like what is your real check in retirement? A lot of people don't know. So we analyze your current investments and see how tax efficient they are, a forecast of your potential growth, an estimate of your Social Security benefits, a projection of your taxes with Medicare and Medicap premiums. You have to take that all into consideration. So if indeed you're in that stage and you're saying, I would love to know what my reality check is if I were to retire, uh, call today. Um, Bruce mentioned it, but 1-888-207-1352 and set up a no obligation um, meeting. It can actually be video as well. We have a lot of people that take us up um, on a 30-minute call for uh, a video chat to see if there's something that we could help you with. Bruce? Okay, um, we've, we've only covered one of our five things so far. We talked about goals. We've got a little uh, less than two minutes. What's number two, Peg? Yeah, number three, we already talked about being tax ready, but number two is clear eyed about your health. You wouldn't believe how health and wealth are linked, and actually, it's in that order right? If you don't have your health, who cares what your wealth is? So um, healthcare costs are just getting more and more, um, everything's getting more and more expensive there. But we have to take that into consideration of how much does it cost? What's your longevity? um, 
we encourage our clients to, uh, you know, eat healthy. I mean, here we are, we're financial advisors, Bruce. We're, tell- we're encouraging them to eat healthy, you know, um, make sure they're going to the doctor, maybe walking every day, just because those little things that we know, right, we're living through all these clients' lives, uh, make a huge difference. Bruce? Yeah, and, and uh, uh, Susie, this will be the last thing I'll throw it back to you. I know we're coming up to the end of the first segment. Um, and, Peg, now we've gotten to the age, and I know you don't like me to talk about your age, so I'll just talk about me. I've gotten to the age where I have to deal with these same things. I'm not retired yet, but I'm getting to an age where I have to be careful about weight and blood pressure. And over the years, it's amazing to me how oftentimes bad health seems to lead to financial difficulties, or financial difficulties can lead to bad health. They are connected. They are totally connected, and that's why we are not too far afield when we talk about health. It all relates to your uh, financial success and your financial situation. Okay, Susie, I know we're due for a break. That's right. If you are listening and you have a question for Bruce or Peg, in the next half hour, please call or text 651-461-9226. Again, you can call and actually ask your question at 651-461-9226. Or you can line up your text questions as well, and we'll get to those in the last half hour of the program. It is your money, and we have our last half hour of the program and want to make sure if you're listening right now, 651-461-9226. But if you want to call at a later time, the number to call 24 hours a day, seven days a week is one eight 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 six advice And you can always email your questions anytime to your money at wealthenhancement.com. Once again, here is Peg Webb and Bruce Helmer. Welcome back, the two of you. Thank you, Susie Jones, and uh, thank you, listeners, for listening, and hopefully uh, more questions in the second half of the show. If you joined us late, uh, Peg and I have been talking about getting ready to retire, and so far we talked about, and we're talking about five kind of steps or things to do to help uh, increase your chances for success of the happy, healthy retirement that you want and you uh, deserve The first thing we talked about was your goals, uh, setting uh, realistic goals, uh, seeing where you're at in comparison to your goals, and and if you're not where you want to be, how can you uh, get there? Then we talked about your health and being clear-eyed and realistic about health and how health and wealth are tied together and that uh, people that tend to struggle with their health also tend to struggle financially, and people that struggle financially also tend to have more health issues, well, there's things you can do about it. You can, uh, you can, if you're not exercising, you can exercise. You can start walking 30 minutes a day. You can change your diet. You can quit smoking. There's a lot of things that you can do to improve that situation. And then we went out of order because we had a, a great question from Howard, which took us right to our third thing, which was get your portfolio tax ready tax diversified, and I think we covered that pretty well, Peg, but um, I think we're up to to, uh, number four on our list of five things. Peg? Yeah, thanks, Bruce. Um, Four says work towards becoming debt-free. My experience is that debt-free clients are the most successful clients. Now, let me just clarify that because a lot of people have a mortgage still on their house. 
And we actually call that efficient debt, meaning that you have something solid or you have some collateral that's backing that loan. Um, the, the people that come in to meet us uh, for the first time sometimes um, have racked up some you know, um, inefficient debt where they put a higher number on a credit card, but they really don't know what they did, what, you know, what they have to, to show for the money that they spent or that they're you know, paying interest on. So it's an education process, Bruce, where we define you know, what efficient debt is and inefficient debt. But I would say most of the people that come to us they may have a mortgage, but uh, they're sophisticated enough to know that credit card payments and the interest that you owe those banks is not efficient, and it's not going to help you preparing for retirement. Bruce? And, and again, over the years, you and I, um, again, I don't want to say we disagree. We don't disagree, but I've always been sort of, uh, you know, what is the cost of the debt, and if it's, uh, if it's cheap money, if it's low interest rate on a mortgage, for instance, as compared to a high interest credit card uh, debt, I've drawn a you know distinction there, like you just mentioned, between good and bad debt or efficient or inefficient debt. But I've also acknowledged when you say your most financially successful clients tend to be debt free, while I am not retired yet and I'm not debt free yet, I choose not to pay off my mortgage even though I could, I've also admitted that I probably will before I retire, because even though you certainly can retire with debt or with a mortgage, um, if you can, can be debt-free, I think it is certainly advantageous, and I agree with you, Peg, what you've been telling me for years, that your clients have achieved the most financial success do end up being debt-free, and I probably will join that group before I retire. So, um so, so number four, work towards becoming debt-free or at a minimum, shall we say, let's be debt-efficient when you go into retirement. And if you still have some debt, that's okay. That doesn't mean you can't retire. But know what that debt is, what that cost of living is, what that means to the paycheck that you need every, every two weeks or every month or however often you're taking money out of investments or however you're, you're funding your cost of living, and know that you've got that additional cost of living that that, that didn't go away. Uh, Peg, number five in our list of five things to get ready to retire. Well, and number five is really important. It is your Social Security eligibility. So knowing the amount of your Social Security benefit, <clears throat> how it would change over time, how do you maximize that Social Security? How is it taxed? Um, you know, depending on when you were born, uh, there were big changes to Social Security and they kept pushing the age out for full retirement age. And so now people are looking at 66 through 67 years old um, as far as, you know, getting the most, which is called full retirement age. Or you can say, you know, I don't really need that yet. I would like to um, hold off on taking it and you'll still get extra credits, if you will, through age 70. <clears throat> so the longer you wait, the higher the payment. But the education process that we do is if you don't take Social Security, then you gotta take your retirement income from somewhere, right? So you have your um, assets and yes, you could utilize those assets by taking money 
to to um, to pretend it's like a Social Security payment and delay Social Security. Well, there was this couple in last week and we walked through our Social Security analyzer with them. And I said, do you understand that between the two of you, you're actually leaving $138,000 on the table by waiting. Now, when you turn it into real dollars, it's easier to make a decision. Am I doing the right thing or am I not? Because that $138,000 actually has to be pulled out of the portfolio, you know, in the next four years. Or do you just, um, you know, delay Social Security and take that bigger payment at 70 well, this this analyzer um, software that we use tells us, well, what's your break even? So if you spend one hundred thirty eight thousand of your own money, at what point does that higher payment with Social Security make up for that one hundred thirty eight thousand that you pulled out of your portfolio? And that number, Bruce, might sound dramatic, but because um, one of the couple didn't work and, and didn't have a high income, you know, that person will get 50% of the other person that worked all the, their entire lifetime. So that's why the bucket is so big, the difference, because of the 50% that the spouse is going to get on the higher, you know, wage earner. So bottom line, Bruce, is Social Security decisions are very complex. And what I witness is people take it a little bit too lightly, like how does it actually impact your entire financial situation on when one of you or two of you uh, claim Social Security. Bruce? Yeah, and I'm going to jump in and agree with you and add a little bit. It, it is complicated. It's way more complicated than people think it is. And when we work with people, yeah, we can do that analysis, that Social Security analysis, and people always are, are torn, and I get both sides of the equation, Peg, as, as I'm sure you do. I have some people that believe in taking it as soon as possible. Um, I have some people that are insistent that they want to wait as long as possible. And it's the, it's the age-old question, am I better off taking it sooner and getting less money, or am I better off waiting and getting b bigger checks but getting them for fewer years? And like you said, we can calculate that crossover point but that still is not necessarily the right answer for people, or as, or as I always say, it's never going to be an exact science because we don't know exactly when you're going to die. So we have to make an assumption. We look at your family history, your genetics. We look at your current health. We look at your goals and objectives. Is legacy planning or leaving more to loved ones important to you or not important to you? Those are all, all things that are going to factor in to our advice. And the other one is, and you alluded to this earlier in the show when you talked about go-go, uh, slow-go, and no-go, I tell people all the time, Peg, that based on all my years in the business, I'm highly confident that the first five years after you retire, you will spend a lot more than the second five years, and you will spend more than the last five years before you retired. When people retire, that's when they go do things that they've been waiting their whole life to do. I hate the term bucket list, but if I say that, people know what I mean. It's travel, it's adventure, it's this, it's that. And they spend money. And so some people will say, I, even if I get net less over my lifetime, 
I still want to turn on Social Security because, for lack of a better word, I want to front load my retirement income. I want more income in the early years of retirement when I'm going to spend more money. And if that's their thought process, I'm not going to try to talk them out of that. So we can do the analysis, and I think that helps people make a fully informed decision, but that decision is not just as simple as just doing that analysis and looking at the numbers. There's a lot more variables that, that, that come into play. Peg? I love that you said all of that because you're right. There's this human component that has to go into the equation as well. Um, Social Security Administration has uh, upgraded their website tremendously over the years. So, if you have not uh, signed up with them, uh, ffsa.gov, G-O-V, ffsa.gov, uh, their website's great. And I have a lot of clients that um, anticipate, you know, retiring earlier. They're just saying, you know what, I'm done. I, I you know, what's that going to do in my Social Security? They actually have a great uh, formula on their website that you can plug in you know, when you're going to retire and it shows you graphs and things. So um, utilize that if you haven't been on that website. Bruce? Uh, that, that's great that you did that. There's also a toll-free number for the Social Security Administration. Uh, again, I know I throw out so many phone numbers, sometimes it confuses people. This is for your local Social Security. Um, I have one 800 772 one 800 772-1213, or uh, um, Peg, you also, did you have an email, or did, um, did you just give an email for also how to get a hold of Social Security? No, that was just the website, Bruce, but we all have kind of a local Social Security office that you can look up to see that for the closest one near you, and they may have a direct number. The number that we gave was just a national number if you want them to direct you to the one closest to you. Oh, thank you. I was easily confused. So, okay, um, let's kind of put a bow on this, Peg, and then I'll give you the final word, and then Susie will throw it back to you. Um, another thing I want to share with listeners, all the things that we talked about today, the five steps of getting ready to retire, we have an ebook called 11 Retirement Realities You Need to Plan For. It's available on the Insights page of our website at wealthenhancement.com. The guidebook is full of retirement planning tips, including uh, three realities we covered today. It talks about how your retirement age uh, affects your retirement income, uh, the fact that you're still paying taxes when you retire, and that your Social Security benefit is also going to be taxed. A lot of people aren't aware of that until they retire. We just told you now, but there's more information about it in this ebook. 11 retirement realities you need to plan for. Um, you go to wealthenhancement.com, click on our insights page, um, and you can order it and download it there. And then, Peg, I also wanted to mention again really, really quickly that if people want to come in and get a reality check, no cost, no obligation, and it doesn't, like you said in the first half of the show, doesn't have to be face-to-face. -face. If you want to do this through a, a, you know, a, a video call, we can do that too. And again, different phone number but 1-888-207-1352, 1-888-207-1352. 
1352. So I wanted to make sure I got those two things in. Peg, last word, and then we'll let listeners' questions drive us home. Yeah, the the only other thing I would add is that when you go to wealthenhancement.com and you go to insights and then it does have the word ebooks and under ebooks there's also there's that the um the retirement guide but there's also the reality check will your retirement income last like a little highlight of what you would get if you set that um, meeting with us Bruce. Oh great, thank you for that. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Susie, listeners' questions the rest of the way. 651-461-9226. Texter writes, can a spouse receive less than 50% of the primary wage earner? Okay, I, I'm assuming, Peg, that's directly a question on Social Security. I bet so. And, yep, and again, it's complicated enough that we can and do frequently do entire shows on Social Security. Yeah. Just really, really quickly, Peg, um, the confusion seems to come in in terms of, a, you know, two people married and how much, if, if one spouse didn't work or didn't work much, how does it work if they, you know, take 50% of the higher earners benefit? Um, go over that just a little bit briefly to give some clarity, because I think that's what the question is driving towards. Yes, that's a great question. What happens is, is sometimes one of the two work less hours or they had just a part-time job or something like that. They are also earning credits along the way with Social Security. So everybody, except for like a really tiny amount of people that aren't eligible for Social Security, uh, gets Social Security. So the first thing that Social Security looks at is your own record. You know, how much have you worked? How much have you earned on your own for a Social Security payment for the rest of your life? Secondly, if you have a spouse then that worked more and has a lot more credits, um, it's easy math to do if you're both the same age, is you are eligible for 50% of that wage earner. Now, what happens is sometimes one is older than the other, um, you can start taking your own, you know, um, while the other, if the other person who was the higher earner is a couple more years before their full retirement age, and then at full retirement age, you'll just jump to 50% of your spouse. So hopefully that adds a little clarity, Bruce. Thank you. Um, that, was, that was really good. Susie? 651-461-9226. A uh, person says, I'm curious about Roth conversions. Currently, 20% of our total 401k dollars are in Roth accounts. We have a good fixed income cash flow, so we never touch it. So what, I guess that's the question. What would your thoughts be on that? That's a great question. And Peg, I guess the first thing I would say is if they have 20% of their accumulated assets in Roth, um, there might be room for improvement, but that's certainly better than a lot of people that we see for the first time. Yeah, do, yeah, I would, I would, I would agree. Yeah, Peg, I was uh, going to say, so, do most people have their savings in four hundred one k? Or is well, that too um, broad, broad, broad? That's too broad to say everybody. 
That's actually a fair question, Susie, in that when we talk about those buckets, you know, taxable, taxable just means you have a 1099 each and every year. Tax deferred means you have a big IOU to the IRS, which would include 401ks, IRAs, things that you defer. And then the third bucket is your tax advantage. It might be municipal bonds or Roth IRAs. So I like that this texter has 20% of their 401k in a Roth. And Bruce alluded to, wow, that's kind of high because it is high. Do you know, we all generally want to defer tax. And if we don't have to pay today, you know, tomorrow seems like it's a ways away. (laughs) So we just say, well, let's build that bucket up as high as we can. It's so painful to, to pay more tax today. But in the long run, we get to see all these clients on the backside, you know, of their savings and where they put their money. And the people that were smart enough to diversify their tax while they were working are so much better off in retirement. Now, let's talk about, they, they mentioned Roth and then Roth conversions. We're a big fan of converting to Roth even if you're in your 70s. And sometimes this shocks people. And they're like, well, well, why would I do that? I don't have that much time, you know, to pay that, um, to make, to break even, you know, because you have to pay tax on that IRA that you convert to the Roth. Well, there's a lot of reasons that people do it. Number one, um, Bruce alerted to it earlier in the show that maybe you're in a lower tax bracket. And maybe if you paid your IRA tax now and converted to a Roth, that, you know, down the road, it would be a nice bucket maybe for medical costs. Or a lot of our clients are already thinking about their kids and saying, well, my kids would love to get a Roth versus a fully taxable IRA. Uh, The other reason we've been doing Roth conversions a lot lately is the markets are down. So when the markets are down, imagine taking your IRA dollars and moving it into a tax-free Um, you know, Roth IRA, if you follow all the rules. And then when the market grows back, I I mean, it's going to, I can't tell you when, but it always has, then that growth is going to be in tax-free growth. So I love when the markets are down because it's an opportunity to get more dollars over to the tax advantage um, bucket. Bruce? Yep. Bottom line, I know we're out of time, Susie. We look at taxes over an entire lifetime We want to minimize them over your lifetime, not just today. And sometimes it's better to pay a little more now to pay a lot less later, and that's what we look at. How about that for tying a bow on it? The number, if you missed it, anytime you can call 1-886-ADVICE, 1-886-ADVICE, or always, always remember you can email your questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com. You can write this down once again, your money at wealthenhancement.com. Make it a great week. Bye, guys.